Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. And so what we've got to do is understand that it's not sitting in here on Sunday morning whenever things are going to come out, whenever we're going to explode, whenever we're going to, we're going to have that pressure relief of some sort. It's out there in real life when things happen and it doesn't go like we planned and it doesn't go the way we wanted. That's whenever the pressure really, really builds. We hope you find this message encouraging. Sometime back, I was uh, doing some stuff outside. I've got a little shed that I, that I had built, and that's where I do all my stuff. Angie's got the house, and I've got my little shed. That's where I do my little projects and, and uh, reload and fool with golf clubs and stuff. So I was out there, and there, there were some places that I wanted to fill in with, a, uh, with spray foam. Anybody ever use that stuff? Uh, years ago, I, I built a house, and I, boy, I was going around it, and I was filling in all the cracks. And It was warm weather, so uh, I put it around the door, put it around all the windows and everything. Whenever I went to leave, I went to shut the door, and it bonk, just bounced off the, off the facing. And I'm like, what's up with that? And I bonk, and it had swelled that door frame out about a half an inch, and I, so I had to go back in and cut it all out. And so I was doing that again, and I, you know, some of it, you know, if it falls in the wrong spot, boy, here it goes. It'll go. And I actually was going to get a can of that and get a bucket up here, and I thought, you know, I don't want to ruin the carpet up here because that stuff will flat ruin it. But the whole thing that I got to thinking about was that contents in that foam is under pressure. Okay, that's the whole reason that I aerosol can works and if you look at it if you look at a can i opted to go this route rather than the spray foam but if you look at this it says right there on the front caution uh flammable contents and we'll talk about that in a minute under pressure so what happens yeah let me go ahead and dismiss the youth while i'm at that's what i was forgetting thank you jonathan <laughs> now everybody knows it <laughs> Uh, and I knew there was something else I was supposed to announce. I just forgot it. So the whole idea behind it, if it's under pressure, when you pull that trigger, here it comes. And you can use this stuff for all kinds of stuff. How many of you use it for your computers and stuff like that? The church that we came from up in Kentucky, we had the, the sanctuary was laid out quite a bit differently. It was, uh, it was almost 100 feet long, but only 40 feet front to back. So about where Terry, Miss Terry, sat and was about as deep as it was, and the sound booth was up above, and then it was almost 100 feet wide. So we had four rows of chairs and everything. So in order to make the screens work, we had a screen on that side, and we had a screen on this side. And the projector over here just got to where it would kick off periodically. So I got up there and cleaned the little filter out and put it back in. Problem solved next Sunday, about halfway through the service. I said, well, I've had enough of this. I climbed up on the ladder, pulled that thing down, took it in the office, took it, took it apart as best I could, looked at it. There wasn't anything in it. So I blew it out a little bit again and put it all back together, and I've got it running there on the, on the counter in the office. And, uh, man, it quits again. And I said, this is just crazy. I let it come back on, and I'm looking in there, you know, with the projector lit up. You can see inside it. There's nothing. I don't see anything. By now, there's not even a speck of dust, looks like. 
And I thought, well, just in case there's something. And when it says flammable contents, I'm just glad my hair's not long because it wouldn't have been after that. I'm like, poof. I mean, it makes a fireball about that big out of this thing. So be careful with this stuff if you're using it around. It's just a whole side note that's free that's not even in the sermon. But let me tell you, that thing made a fireball about that big. But you know what? The projector worked from then on. (laughs) When it first happened, I thought, oh, well, it wasn't working anyway. It won't be hard to explain. Man, that thing just went kaput. (laughs) But I turned it back. I I, I got to think about it. I said, well, I'll give it one more whirl. And that sucker ran and never quit again. I don't know. There was just a piece of dust in there that needed to be incinerated. So... (laughs) Anyway, my whole thing is that sometimes, and Ted, do you, or uh, Billy, do you have that, my, my little warning up there, the, the picture that I sent with it? No, I don't guess we do. All right. Well, I had a little, one of those warning tags, and Chad just went like that, so no, we don't have it. Anyway, I had one of those warning tags, content, warning, contents under pressure. And uh, so my whole thing about this sermon is sometimes life puts us under pressure. And whenever we're under pressure, the least little crack, the least little opening in our life, all of a sudden whatever's on the inside comes out. Good thing it didn't spray anything bad. (laughs) I just sprayed it in the microphone there. And it's like I heard about this story one time. It was two preachers, they, they, you know, in a little small town, they'd get together occasionally and they'd go out to lunch. And uh, they just chit-chat. Preachers are a competitive bunch, so everybody's talking about what their church is running and all this kind of stuff. And the, the waitress comes over, and this was back in the day whenever they would bring water out first. You remember those days when they'd bring water and the menus out and you'd order? Well, the little waitress, she's got her hands full, got the menus, got the water, got everything. And she goes to set it down, and she spills this one, and it just runs all over this preacher's suit. So he jumps up and he's like, I, I can't believe this. What is the matter with you? And the little waitress, she's just, she's doing everything she can. She's new at the job and everything. And so finally the guy sits down and he says, I'm, I'm sorry. He said, I shouldn't have been like that. Well, the other preacher doesn't say a word. But he takes what's left of the water in that cup and he grabs it and he puts it in his own. And he just keeps filling it and keeps filling it and keeps filling it. And you know how you can overfill a glass? You know, the the tension on the water will actually hold more water in the glass than it can handle. So he just keeps dripping it in there till it's just rounded up. This other preacher's looking at him like, what are you doing? And just as he gets it filled, he sets the empty glass down and he slaps the table. And water goes everywhere again. And he said, whenever you're ready to explode, the least little thing can let everything that's on the inside come out. And sometimes we're under pressure anyway. Life is really, really tough sometimes, especially in the day and time in which we live. We've got a lot of things going on that other generations have never had to deal with. We've got responsibilities. We've got responsibilities at home, at work socially, 
that we have to kind of keep up with. We've got responsibilities of deadlines and bills and things that have to be done at a certain time. We've got expectations on us that go above and beyond anything that sometimes we can imagine. And the thing that, that happens is it, it just seems like sometimes that life conspires against us to put us under pressure. And whenever we're under pressure, the least little thing can happen. And guess what? Whatever's on the inside comes out. And so what we've got to do is understand that it's not sitting in here on Sunday morning whenever things are going to come out, whenever we're going to explode, whenever we're going to, we're going to have that pressure relief of some sort. It's out there in real life when things happen and it doesn't go like we planned and it doesn't go the way we wanted and we bid on a job and it didn't happen and we and we did this and it didn't work out right and somebody's calling and somebody's saying you got to bill this overdue and you got to pay it right now or we're going to cut your electricity off. That's whenever the pressure really really builds. And so ultimately it comes down to the fact how do we handle that stress. How do we handle that pressure that sometimes comes in? Because the contents are under pressure. Amen? So that's what we're going to look at today. James chapter 1, James says this. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested. How many of you had your faith tested? This week. This morning. <laughs> Ronnie, raise your hand. <laughs> Ronnie was telling me that he and Sandra got up this morning and, or do it around and, and suddenly Sandra realized that uh, it was their day to do the breakfast back there. And he said, man, I'm, I'm just running in full speed. See what I'm talking about. Even sometimes the least of little things can add more pressure to us. And so some, most of us have probably had our, our, our stress level tested this week, if not today. And um, so James says it this way, when your faith is tested... When your faith is put under pressure, your endurance has a chance to grow. In other words, that our patience can grow. Our, our strength in the Lord can grow. I love this. This is the message translation. And it says, you know, that when, uh, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced out into the open. And it shows its true colors. That's what... James chapter 1, verse 3 says in the message translation. So there's so many things that sometimes we have to look at. How do we handle pressure? How do we handle it when things aren't going our way? How do we handle it when life is not dealing us the hand that we'd like to see? Glad you asked because we're going to look at it this morning. I probably won't get done. I have no idea what time it is. It's 1130. I'm sure we won't get done today, okay? And uh, we've got things going, so we'll, we'll pick it up whenever we get a chance to again. But here's the thing. Number one, expand your thinking of God. We're under pressure, and we're ready to expand like that spray foam was. And the least little bit of thing that happens in our life and lets the, lets the pressure out, what do we need to do? We need to expand, and we need to expand our thinking of God. Because, see, sometimes what we do and especially in this day and time with the, the social gospel that sometimes preached is, we try to put God on our level. We try to bring God down to us instead of us ascending to Him and saying, God, would you help me? Would you, would you come in and give me the strength that only you can give? Because see, here's the thing. I'm very, very, very limited. And God's unlimited. I'm very finite. 
and God is infinite. And so what we've got to do is, is we've got to realize who he is and who we are in the scheme of things. And just like that song, he's the one that does it all. Amen? When, when I had no worth, he paid it all for me. And he's willing to do anything to, to, to help me, to come into my life, to, to be God. And sometimes what we've got to do is we've got to realize our, our, our finite thinking limits God. If we'll never think it, we'll never ask it. If we don't believe that God is a Savior, we'll never ask Him to save us. If we don't believe that He is a deliverer, we will never say, God, my problem, my issue is bigger than I can handle. Would you deliver me? We'll never come in and say, God, I can't handle this if we don't think He can handle it. And so what we've got to do is expand our thinking about God. To realize who he is. And there are so many scriptures that talk about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul's quoting a, a scripture from the Old Testament. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now what does that mean? It means... No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined. So anything that you have seen, anything that you've heard, the wildest fishtail of a story that you've ever heard about something good happening, the wildest imagination that you have ever had about how good things can be, God says, think bigger. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, uh, that's Isaiah. We'll go ahead and get that one. Oh, no, we're back to that's Hebrews, Isaiah, Ephesians. There we go. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. We could get them in different order. Uh, they still say the same thing. Paul says this ab- about us praying. He said, "Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us." What is that power that works in us? It is the power of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? We, amen, that's worth a hand clap. God is a creative God. An extremely creative God. When, when this universe was a blank sheet of paper, it was blanker than a blank sheet of paper because nobody knew what a blank sheet of paper was. Think about that for a minute. I have wasted a lot of hours at night when I should have been sleeping thinking about that. What was it before God came into the picture? Well, he's always been, but what was it before he said, let there be light? It must have been dark. Darker than dark. Outer darkness. So everything is completely blank. There's not a sound. You can't see anything. And God was there and he imagined this orb hanging in the middle of space with a little orb that's going to go around it. And another orb that's a few thousand miles that way. And another orb that's a few thousand miles that way. And another one on the other side of it. And then this great big thing that makes light and heat. I mean, if you were sitting there in the dark, would you think that? 
No, I'd be thinking about, is there any way to get just a little bit of light in here where I can see something? Maybe I can imagine where I'm at. And not only did he make this orb with the little orb that circles around it, but he put water on it. And land, and animals, and squirrels, and deer, and ticks. And that's one thing I'll have to ask him when I get there. Why on earth did he make mosquitoes and ticks? There had to be some purpose when, the, when, the, when everything was perfect. They had to be doing something good. Amen? And add to that wasp. Okay? Snakes. Angie said snakes. Y'all, don't ever be around her when they show a snake on TV or one's in a book and she's going to turn to that page and there's a picture of it. She will hurt you. <laughs> so... Here's this darkness, outer darkness, that there's nothing to see. And God imagines this orb with the little orb circling it. And then all the animals and all the fish and all the birds. And then he says, let me make something in my image. And he makes man and he makes woman. And I'm just telling you that everything from there, it's just... Can you, can you just wrap your brain around for a second how creative our God is? And he says, I want you, this is what he tells Adam and thusly us, want you to go subdue this creation, this orb, with the little orb that circles around it. Subdue it. Have dominion over it. And basically, here's the title deed to it. And everything else that, that, that goes along with that is just it's amazing. If you've ever gotten down to the science of things about what makes atoms stick together and what makes gravity work, if everything was one-tenth of a percent different about gravity... Atoms wouldn't stick together like they do, or if it was heavier, they would stick together too much. They'd just clump together and make just, just big lumps of mass. Everything had to be perfect. And God imagined all of it before he said, let there be, and it was. And it was good. And then he says this, in Philippians, he said, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. In other words, lose your mind. And some of you say, preacher, you're way ahead of us on that one. <laughs> we can lose our mind and we can find the mind of Christ. If it wasn't possible, he wouldn't have said that. So that means that if God is creative, we're just as creative. And he says, I want you to imagine what you can accomplish. See, sometimes, sometimes the perspective is if you can go the opposite direction, it clarifies the other. Most of you know that I worked as a prison chaplain for a period of time in an institutional division here in, in Texas. And on that farm, the, the chaplain's rank fell between a captain and a major. So I had access to everything, and there were times when I had to go into... Uh, it was actually up in the front office. And every prisoner in there had what they called a travel card. And it was more than a card. It was a little booklet, a little half-page-sized booklet. It was like a full page folded in half. It was um, laminated and had all their information in it, everything about them. 
what their religious preferences were. That's what I had to look at most times so that I could approve or disapprove anything that they wanted as far as faith issues went. Uh, if somebody was not a Catholic, they couldn't have prayer beads, okay, that kind of stuff. So there were times that I would have to go up there and do, I'd save it up usually and do, do several at a time, but I'd have to go up in there and pull cards, pull travel cards, look at their information, figure out if I could approve or disapprove whatever the issue was. And there, in this travel card were, was all their information, who they were in the free world, what they did to get where they're at. And I'm going to tell you all something. There is an evil that goes beyond imagination. When you look at some of the things that these people did, I'm like, I, in my wildest, nightmarish dreams, straight from the pits of hell, I would never imagine this. But they did. And not only did they, they imagine it, but they did it. And that's why they're where they're at. Most people, you go into the institutional division of a prison, most people didn't get there for singing too loud in the choir. Okay, most people didn't get there for spitting gum on the sidewalk. Most of the time, these people had been there because they had at least two felonies to get there. But I'm telling y'all, there was unimaginable. I'm talking about just sit there and make you shake your head. I can't believe anybody would think of doing something that mean. So you take that to the other end of the spectrum. If we allow ourselves to have the mind of Christ, if we allow ourselves to say the Holy Spirit dwells within me and I am able to accomplish great things, I'm able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything that I could think or ask God because of the power that dwells in me. If I can, if I can imagine it, guess what? God says I can achieve it. And so if we use the power that works within us for good, if we can do it uh, to the nth degree, to the other direction of what I was talking about, if we can imagine all kinds of good things, if we can imagine ministries, if we can imagine things that we can do to help people, things that we can do to bring people to the, to the kingdom, we are a creative people, and that's God working through us. But the thing that we have to do is expand our thinking of what God can do in us, through us, for us, around us, with us, he can do all things. Amen? So the thing that we've got to do is we've got to realize he's working on it, he's trying to do it, and we've got to agree with the program. We've got to get along and go along with whatever the Holy Spirit. See, sometimes we, we limit God because of our thinking. Jesus told people in his day and time, he said, you have made the word of God of no effect because of the traditions of men. Sometimes we get hung up on our traditions. Sometimes we get hung up on the things, well, we've always done it that way. That's the way we've always done it. That's, uh, my mama did that. My grandma did that. That's, that's the way it's been done. And, and mm, that's just the way it is. You know what? If we, through the power of God, can can think of some new way. See, every generation, every revival that's ever hit mankind as far as the kingdom of God is concerned, it was a new way of doing it. It was singing new songs. Amen? I, I shared with you sometime back that whenever uh, Amazing Grace first came out, that, that was considered to be a barroom song because of the tune that it was put to. The, those people back in that day, boy, that... Oh, we're not going to have that in this church. you got to get them jowls going side to side whenever you say stuff like that. 
we're not going to have that here. And, 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 and for us, Amazing Grace is the staple. I mean, it's like if, if you're going to have a funeral, you've got to sing Amazing Grace. Amen? I mean, it is the staple of Christian life. And, and something changed on that. Something, I got a, I got, uh, if I had a chapeau, I would doff my chapeau. That I appreciate how everybody's accepting the new music. And, and Zach, every Sunday it gets better. And, and you know, like, man, this Sunday, I don't know how, if it turned y'all's crank, it turned my crank. <laughs> I was over there about to cry because I'm thinking about how worthless I am and God chased me down. So that's the reason I got up there and squeaked that little bit out and said, Zach, sing it again, sing it again. I got to get my composure here. Because I'm telling you, sometimes through music, God can reach a heart that, that sometimes no other way to reach it. And the thing that we've got to do is realize God's not limited by our traditions. God's not limited by how we think we've always done it or how it should be done. Or not, and, and here's the thing. He won't, God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And he will never force himself on anyone. But the thing that we've got to do is realize he's working around us. And sometimes we've got to put our personal preferences aside. We've got to put our own thoughts about it aside. We've got to come to the conclusion, if it's God and it's about him, and and however he wants to do it, God, here I am. I just want to be in on it. Don't pass me by. I don't, want to, I don't want to look up and see the, the cloud of your glory passing on by and I didn't know it was coming by. Let me in on what you're doing. Let me see your hand at work. Let me be able to identify that even when I'm not looking for it. And sometimes we get so under pressure and so busy in life that we let a thousand visions of God pass us by. Years ago, and I, I don't anymore, I used to deer hunt all the time. Bow hunted, muzzleloaded hunted, gun hunted. If you could hunt deer with a, a slingshot, I'd have been out there. And you probably can now, I don't know. But back in them days, it was, it was, you, had a, you had a bow season, and you had a muzzleloading season for about a week, and then you had gun season light, and then a light bow season where I lived. And I was out there all the time. And the thing that always impressed me is any time I'd be out there, I would get so enthralled with seeing a sunrise. And when was the last time any of us got up on purpose just to see the extraordinary miracle of a sunrise? And it would always touch me, and I'd see that sun boy get, start getting light. I mean, everything's dead, and, and, and nothing's moving much. And, and all of a sudden, you just you, the wind would start blowing just a little bit, and here would come the sun up over the horizon, and man, all of a sudden there's birds and squirrels and all kinds of stuff. That, and that sun finally peaks up over that eastern horizon, and you just got I, I always wondered, I said, how could anybody see such a thing and not say there is a God in heaven? For that to be a coincidence, hello! No such thing as a coincidence like that. There had to be somebody that put it together. He might not be exactly the way I imagine him. Again, we can't be limited by our thinking. But I, I read this word and I think I can know him enough. Amen? And whenever I get to be with him, he's going to expound on the rest of that because it's going to be an awesome day. But in the meantime, how can we put him in a box and say, this is God and this is how he works and this is the way it's going to be? 
He's God. And whatever he says goes. If in the... In that darkness, that outer darkness where there is nothing and no imagination, he can say, let there be, and it was. He is unlimited. If he today wants to say that the sky is green, when we walk out of here, guess what color that sky is going to be? It's going to be green. Because it says he's not a man that he should lie. Anything that he says is the truth. And so the thing is, we cannot limit him by how we perceive him. Jesus, again, told those Pharisees and the scribes, you have made the word of God of no effect because of your traditions. Let's put aside any preconceived notions that we have about how it ought to be, how it ought to happen, and how God's going to work in this situation. He is limitless, unlimited, and if we will just simply allow him to... To, to be in our thoughts and that we expand our thinking of him. Then all of a sudden he tells us this in Isaiah. And you knew I was going to share that because it came up earlier. You'll keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Feeling kind of uneasy? Think about God. Kind of anxious about things? Think about God. Think about how the very best outcome to this can happen. And say, God, I know you've already thought about this. Because he can do, what did Ephesians tell us, abundantly above anything that we can ask or think. God's not limited on what we think. He's limited on how big our faith is in him. Amen? So the thing that we've got to do is allow him to be great big. As John the Baptist said, you've got to increase and I've got to decrease. We've got to let God be great big. And we've got to realize we're really, really, really small. And see, if we will allow God to expand our thinking about him and everything that's going on, then the, the thing that begins to happen is we begin to imagine ways that we never thought of before. Maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's something that's going on in our, in our family life. Maybe it's some kind of pressure there. And maybe, maybe, maybe God will give us an idea that we have never ever thought of before and i know you've had things like that happen i've had things like that happen and it's just like one day you wake up and you say well duh (laughs) why didn't i think of that because you can't because we're very finite and he is infinite but guess what he Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and mind has not imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Are you prepared for what God has prepared for you?